Get seamless underwear at super low prices only at Pep. Seamless non-padded bras and incredible $59.99 in a soft, stretchy fabric. Matching seamless boy legs and amazing $34.99. Get them all in a range of new colors. Life's better with Pep. More music. More inspiration. Beat the shed with SA's biggest solar power giveaway. Stand to win one of 120 home solar systems worth 100,000 rand each. Simply buy a participating brand and swipe your extra savings card to enter. Right here, right now, the best tunes of all times. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. I'm sure that you have been enjoying all our episodes. I love hearing from all of you. And thank you for all your social media comments, all your input that you have into my shows. I do try and include all of you in the shows. So thank you for that. Um, You know that Healthcare Hour is all about healthcare professionals. It's about us understanding that they have titles and they do amazing work, but they're people and they're people first. They're people with loved ones. They're people with um families and it is about yes a calling and they're there to save lives but they sometimes forget themselves in that it's also about us improving the relationship between the patient and also the healthcare professional and of course it's about learning new things meeting new people we know that when people share their lived experience we learn we we learn how to be more inclusive in our diversity. And so this is very important. You've met a whole bunch of fascinating people who've all been my guests. And today is no different. So I would like to introduce you to somebody who's got two titles, and that is Colonel Dr. Nomsa Matonzi. And she's also got a pseudonym, which she will tell us about. But hello, Colonel Doctor. Hello, Colin. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, And hello to the listeners. Uh, I know for a fact that it's going to be a fruitful, productive session. And informative. Okay. And so I think going forward, we're going to call you Nomsa now and not Colonel Doctor. Because (laughs) that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to pop out for a break. When we come back, we're going to hear more about you. And um, yeah, I'll explain to the listeners about your three different careers. One of them doesn't have a title. But yes, we'll check to them when we come back from our break. Highway Harley-Davidson. There are no words. More music, more inspiration. Vua Online. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. My guest today is Colonel Dr. Nomsa Matonsi. I'm going to see if I'm pronouncing that one correctly. Um, yes, she says yes. This yeah. is good. And, well, besides Nomsa being a fascinating lady, she really is, and she's cute and she's bubbly, which maybe doesn't go with Colonel and Doctor, okay? <laughs> but yes, very very bubbly, very um, friendly, but also highly professional. And what's also found fascinating is that Nomsa has got three different careers. 
in that she is a doctor or a, a dentist, which is a, who is a doctor. Um, she has got a very high up career, as we know from the colonel, which is a high up rank in the military, and also is an author. So let's start with the author part. Can you tell us about that, Nomsa? Oh, thank you, Colin, once again. Uh, you know, being an author, you only realize in hindsight that it actually was a calling from a very young age. Um, but I grew into it in my 40s, so it's never too late. Um, I also wrote four books already, four published books under the pseudonym Benelu. So Benelu is really um, an amalgamation of all the people that I've loved and lost so I've lost my paternal grandfather was a, a father figure to me. I lost my paternal um, grandmother. I lost my mom. I lost my aunt. So all the elders of the family structure that I grew up knowing, all of them are gone. But my belief is that, you know, those that loved us while they were alive, they will continue to love us in the afterlife. So I tend to feel everything that I regurgitated into my books was really them leading me forward because there is, everyone has a voice and that voice cannot be silenced. Um, it is there to voice out the lessons that we've learned in life uh, that we feel we can impact to those that are still coming uh, behind you. And you hope that it makes it easier for them to answer questions that you would have struggled finding answers to. So the books are just that, you know, my thoughts in the hope that they grow someone else somewhere in the world. And yes, having read one of your books, it's also you write very easily. It's easy to read and it's quite fascinating to just sit there and like consume. Yeah, oh, that is my hope. Yes, <laughs> but also with important messages. But almost what, what I liked about your book is, is that, or the book I read, is it's also not huge, big paragraphs that you got to read. It's almost like little bite-sized nuggets. That was the intention. That was the intention, Colin. You know, we, we, we live such busy lives, busy, busy lives. And now the podcast, your your podcast is, you know, growing in numbers because people prefer audio than actually sitting down and reading. There is no time to read. Mm -hmm. So when you, when I felt when I write something, I would want to write something that I, I will also want to consume. Something in snippets that will, you know, throw a punch and leave you with thing, with thoughts, you know, over a few hours and hope that then you absorb it and you uh, realize it. Internalize, realize, and, you know, teach someone else. Yes. Okay. And then looking then as well. So you have um, moving on to the medical side in that you have a Bachelor of Dental Surgery and also a, a Master's in Forensic Dentistry. Yes, indeed. So as a little girl, did you want to be a doctor? I want to take us back to, you know, my generation um, from an African uh, family background. Mm -hmm. You either became a nurse 
it was not a question you are not asked. You knew you needed to be a breadwinner at some point. So the only careers that were available to me and my generation was either a nurse, a doctor, a teacher. Anything outside that, they would ask, will it generate money? Will you be able to survive with it? The opportunities were quite limited then compared to now. Now anyone can venture into anything and be able to, you know, make financial sense out of it. So with me, the decision was made when I did my metric. I remember very well, I was sitting with my best friend at a boarding school. We went through the career guidance book because at that point, before the exams, metric exams, we had no clue what we wanted to become. So we were scanning through the career guidance book and she saw an ortho, orthopedic surgeon and we we're like, oh, are we smart enough? No, uh, let's continue scanning. Then we came across dentistry. Strangely enough, both of us ended up being dentists. We did that, finished, and I thought, no, 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 I, I don't think I have met or found my passion as yet. Then I used to watch uh, CIA uh, movies, uh, US generated CIA movies. And I had this amazing fascination with forensics. Then I got to discover that there is something called forensic dentistry, where you can actually determine um, what the person passed on with through teeth. Teeth are the hardest organ you can find in the body. So your whole being can be completely destroyed in fire, in, a, in, in floods, but only if they find your teeth can they determine who you are as a person and actually can also trace your lineage just merely by looking at the truth. So it fed very easily to what I am, you know, a dentist. And I went in and I did my master's and I did quite well. Never practiced as a forensic dentist, I might add, but it's something that I wanted to achieve and I was able to achieve. Only then did I realize that my passion actually lies in the creative space. That is when I moved to also follow my dream in that regard. Okay. So so from the dentistry, there you then expanded into the creative space, which was then being the author. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Then let's go let's go backwards, forward, sideways. Um, yeah. <laughs> to military. You know, they say everything in the universe is aligned to, you know, honestly, when I look in hindsight now, nothing happens by chance. I, I completed my studies, my dentistry uh, degree, left to go to the UK, worked and studied that side for four years. When I was there, knowing that I wanted to come back home at the age of 30, you know, I, I think I had already kind of outlined and planned my my life uh, without being aware. I knew I wanted to be back home at the age of 30. Why? I can't tell you the reason. So when I hit 30 and I was thinking, okay, I had said I want to come home at 30. Is there anything, uh, any job prospect that I would find going home? I was actually headhunted by the Directorate of Oral Health through a person I once knew who actually came to the UK and informed me that they are looking for 
dentists in the military. Um, but I didn't really follow it up that much. I just knew I needed to come home. He then, you know, actively pushed for me to actually apply, got the HR, Human Resource Department of uh, South African National Defense Force, to call me, send me forms. I fill them in, send them through, and I was told, please come in for an interview. So I flew back and I thought, okay, it's one of the things that I would want to do if it happens. So I was not really in, invested in wanting to be in the military, but I think, you know, it pulled me in. Went for the interviews. They found that I was pregnant at the time, couldn't, um, admit me, told me I needed to reapply. But within the military, there's someone who saw the spark that I had and they felt I will work very well within the military space. They then forced, wrote letters and forced for me to come into the system. And when I came in, I knew I cannot disappoint those that believed in me. And I was fortunate to be put in a position that was actually uh, designed to fast track uh, my career within the military. So that is how I got to then climb along the different ladders. Um, there was a, one person who spoke about sponsors and mentors and coaches. And I think I was so well in line or well aligned to people who really wanted to be my sponsors without me even understanding the term of sponsorship. They pushed for me in spaces where I did not even know um, their voices were heard. So then I got to go into the military and then pursue, well, pursue my career in the military space. And now I'm sitting in senior management and I know there's still people who are fighting and are pushing for me to be something bigger than I sometimes believe I could be. And that is just through mere um, showing what I am capable of and them believing in me in that extent. So indeed, I'm sitting as a senior manager within Directorate Oral Health, and I'm yeah. enjoying it immensely. Yeah, so it also shows you, you know, just listening to you talking there, of seeing the people you know, the people who want, who believe in you, the people who want more for you, and are willing to go knock on and open doors in order for you to be, to be fostered, for to not find closed doors. And I think that's how life, you know, that's how life unfolds. You meet people without being aware that they are seeing a certain spark that yeah. sometimes you're not even aware of. They see, they want to peel off all the different layers of you. Sometimes you resist, yes. but I've learned to accept and be open to just that opportunity we are bound to make mistakes. We are flawed as human beings, but you trust that every mistake that you do, you 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 will find a lesson that will yes. then grow you even more. And, you know, it's true when they say people are watching every step you take and you don't know what kind of people are looking to see how you are as an individual, how you manage your life as an individual. But indeed, there are who look and see something impressive and want to grow it. And those are the people that I I wish to always attract in my space. Mm -hmm. People who are seeing some good in a person and they allow them to grow and they push for them to grow to be something bigger than they would have ever believed or thought they would be. Yes. 
And I mean, when you think of it, fascinating that you, so it, it's my understanding then that you joined the military pregnant. I did, but um, my paperwork was put on the side. They don't allow you to join while you are pregnant. Yeah. So they would wait until you have a baby. And then when your hormonal uh, imbalance kind of balances itself, then they will ask you to again do a medical assessment. Ah. If everything is clear, then only then will they say, come and, and join us. But being pregnant kind of disqualifies you okay. in a way. And then what happens if you're in the military and you're pregnant? No, then you are, you know, you've already signed your contract. You are in and you will get your four months uh, maternity. And strangely enough, the military is very supportive of that, you know. What they will also do, maybe um, your audience is not aware of, if you are married, they tend to prefer that where your spouse is at, you should be then based there. When you apply, you're not sure where the, where the, the vacancies are and where they will place you. So if they do place you in an area that is outside your family structure, the social workers actually come in and write a report of why family is that important, why you should then be closer to partner so that they don't destroy that family structure that we would have started. So they are very family oriented um, and pro, you know, family structure, if I can put it like that. Yeah, so it's also putting the family as a unit of saying that the unit needs to be together and how do we then make sure that the unit is together where Indeed. both partners or both whoever are are wherever they need to be not mm. dotted on opposite ends of the country i think because they understand that you know for one to have their moral up and for one to give their all one needs to be in a space of support they need to be in a space of comfort you cannot you know with a the a, a water drum dry yeah because then it won't give you anything so when you fill up that drum you know you'll be able to get a sound that will work best yeah for the organization okay all right so quite fascinating let's go out and hear from our sponsors and then we come back we'll we'll hear about you know where you've spoken about going further in the career also um, the people who've helped you. And then also let's find out how are you mentoring others? But let's go for our break first. Kick off with the biggest character deal only at Pep. Babies, teas and vests only $39.99. Kids just $44.99. Buy any two and score a saving of 10. More deals, more fun in store. Life's better with Pep. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. Online. Welcome back. You're listening to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. When I go and look at my social media, I see that many of you have had multiple careers. So Jacques said that he's had a long corporate career in IT, and then he's followed it by six parallel running careers as an executive coach, a management consultant, a researcher, an educator, publisher, and a photographer. Rashmi said that she started off as a clinical dietitian, and then she moved into corporate, and she currently has a parallel career in academia. Lizizwe said that she was an online journalist for eight years, 
and then in 2018 she started her laundry business and she's still in that business but she's also working at becoming an influencer while she still writes on the side as a freelancer. Sharon, who had a birthday the other day and turned 78, happy birthday Sharon, um, she said that she has, um, she's in her third career and so she's grateful for all the gifts and opportunities that she's had. Keith said that when he left the medtech industry in 2016, he was too young to retire. And with a background in sales and marketing and post-grad marketing qualifications, he decided to retrain as a marketing tutor. It took a while for him to get up to speed, but he loves it. And he feels that developing young people is very rewarding. And though he thought he would specialize in medical marketing, he now teaches students and apprentices from fire services to universities. Chantal said... She um, moved from pharmacy to sales and now management, and the one seemed to run into the other. That seems to be um, something that does happen. I mean, even with me, I started off in medical sales. I did all sorts of management and whatever, and then went into coaching. John is an educator and humanitarian relief worker, mental health and addiction therapist, and one seemed to naturally lead to the next with lots of training. And Toomey says he works parallel, first in business HR, specialised in employee health and wellness, and now he's integrated with his neuroscience coaching, and it works perfectly. So thanks again for all your contributions. Um, I do appreciate that you answer my questions on social media, and that you add to my show. I do appreciate you. Yes, so let us... Vuga, it's time to wake up with Vuga online. Okay, so that's what happens sometimes. Hi there, welcome back. You are listening to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. Sometimes we think, oh, our background noise, everyone can hear. But actually what happens, because this is on a Zoom platform, Zoom cancels out the background noise. It's quite amazing. It's really intelligent. And so as people thinking, oh, no, you can hear my hardy dolls, you can hear my whatever's <laughs> in the background. And we go like, can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. yes. So, thank you. Um, yes, if you just joined us, we are speaking to Colonel Dr. Nomsa Matonzi. We've been speaking about her different career choices. Sometimes the choice, as we said, you know, as she said, of her age, I think of my age too, it was very much where we grew up without career guidance. I would say, yes, the nurse, the doctor, the teacher, or I would add the accountant. And that's it. And it was like, oh, okay. And if you didn't like any of those, it was just tough. But, yeah, those were the options open to us. But, yes, okay, so from a military point of view, what's it like working for military? I mean, if if young people are listening to you now, is military an employer of choice? Is it something, yay, and also as a woman? Now that I'm uh, how many years in, I'm realizing the order, the discipline, the commitment that the military teaches you, it's something you, ne- you cannot get anywhere else. For women... It has been a struggle. It's a work in progress because the military was designed mostly for a male figure. So the armament that we use, 
the vehicles that we have, the assets that we have were designed for a male who's a certain weight, a certain mass. But with the influx of the females, and now it has grown because of the transformation that they want to bring along, we can visually see how hard they are trying to accommodate the the female form. What was picked up through research is that a lot of females are now shorter than they were um, years ago. Um, So what we use as as what we call our rifles, they had to readjust them to allow them to cater for a female short starter. Um, The vehicles, they they had to amend them so that even a female who is short can still sit and be able to drive, you know, the heavy duty vehicles that we do drive. Um, So as I said, it's work in progress. We are not 100% there because when it's war, you know, there would not be somebody sitting there and saying, okay, let's modify this to cater for the soldiers that we're sending out at war or in a battlefield. So there are those discomforts that are there, but I don't think there is much that can be done. If you are in your periods, for example, and you have to be doing your bush phase of your military course, when you are in the bush, you are not going to be handed over sanitary towels. You have to find and devise ways to ensure that your periods stop for that period. So what we do now is take the preventive tablets And the doctor will tell you which ones to take to actually temporarily stop your flow and which ones to take to ensure that your flow goes. So you allow that to um, factor in during your military bush phase training because the ablution is very far, if any. So you have to find ways to make it as comfortable as you can. And I think the nice thing is that the males within the military are also very accommodative of the female form. So if you need to go and do your, you know, your your number one, number two, they will then actually shelter you. They will use tents and they will use some of the canvases that we have to just protect you and allow you to have that privacy. Um, so it's us changing the mindset of, of males also within the military to ensure that they those small nuances that are are very female, are understood by them in order to then allow us to to also grow at a at a very equal level to them. Yes. But I think it's it's it the military is trying extremely hard. I mean, in the past 15 years or so, they've been able to uh, formulate a directorate that is purely uh, for transformation transformation purposes. That is purely to ensure that the woman within the military is catered for. What the males miss, the women are able to address it with the directorate uh, of transformation and they change policies to cater to to the female need. Yes. And I'm sure also, you know, when we go into specific jobs or fields or, or callings, it's almost like, you know, you don't go out into the bush and go, oh, where's the pink bathroom? Or, you know, yeah. where's the... <laughs> or no, mm. I want my own bathroom, please. And I want it to be pretty and pink. Mm. 
But what yeah. happens is that when we come into the system from a civilian setting, yes. there, there, there is those expectations. I mean, if you haven't really done the military courses to understand what your role is as a soldier, you come in with this, you know, uh, pinky fairy ideas of what the military is. And then when you come in, you then realize how how being a soldier is like and it's up to you to say i will conform and run with it or if you feel it's not suiting your your character then you still have an option of then saying you know this is not for me and you know exit the system and they also allow they make it very comfortable for you to exit if you want to exit and also make it comfortable for you to stay if you still want to um, enjoy the soldiering part of life Yes. So it's not like you captured. It's not like, oh, you can't go anywhere else. But not as you at said, all. when we go some places, I think often with certain careers, we have ideas like CSI, for instance, even with forensics, where we have this TV idea, you know, like doctors run down the passages and save lives. And, you know, this the CSI forensics and here we are kind of story uh, or even law. You know, you imagine here we are standing in court. They never ever show the person typing or writing the thousands of reports before we get to court. So it's, it's often all. the romanticized TV version. And then you get into the career and think, oh, I sign up for this. It's, it's like, when do I get to be the TV version now? <laughs> yeah. But what, what the military has done in the past month or so they have become very strict on what um, what its military members are allowed to say uh, outside the DOD line. Mm. Uh, you know, we sit in the senior management grouping, and you see how you know the young, the the young uh, people, the young um, teenagers that come into the system still romanticizing what soldiering is about but then they do not understand the demarcation of the information that you can translate to the wider community so they will you will see them posing with rifles you'll see them you know complaining about this and that but in a way you do understand because they are still innocent they haven't gone through the different military causes that teaches about security that teaches about you know stopping and preventing and protecting what the military organization is actually about so yeah. policies have been put in place almost like a poppy act to say now we need to definitely um protect what we know to be the sandf dod um information with the same breath, allowing them to also express themselves. So before you can send anything out, you need to go through the different um, channels to ask permission if you can, so that they can then guide you on what you can say and what not to say um, in a wider community. Yeah. But I mean, that would also be relevant to medicine. You know, you get the person who come rushing in and do a selfie for with their patient on in Instagram. It's like, uh, no, can't do no. that one. And then also an awareness of, yes, yeah, you are standing in theatre, but who's behind you? What's identifiable? What's, But yes, it is. It, so it is also about mentoring, of, of teaching and mentoring and showing people that there is an acceptable way. 
Indeed. So how have you been involved in mentoring? That is my passion. That is the love of my life. You know, I, I, yeah, I truly, truly, truly enjoy seeing young, young black females, particularly because the community that I come from is a community that is not as open in discussing issues that are relevant to the young ones. So I'm glad that within the military, I can stand up and say we have mentoring uh, programs, we have mentorship, and it's well documented. There is a template that they give you on what to do in order to ensure that you impact knowledge that you have to the ones coming into the system. So you can either comply to just that, but if it's a passion, like in my case, you go far and beyond. You know, you don't only concentrate on the military organization as is, but you go out and you find any reason to to grow the next young person to realize their full potential. Um, I wouldn't want people to also find their passion at 40, 50. I would rather prefer them to discover their passion early enough so that they can then be impactful because discovering your, your passion at 40, 45, it's good because you can still pursue what you know what you are meant to be in this world. But if you discover it early, imagine how far you could go as an individual, how many lives you can touch as an individual. So I, I truly enjoy, I, yeah, it's, it's one area that I enjoy, just teaching and growing different individuals in their you know, uncertainty about life, just to say it all comes, you know, it all comes together somewhere in the future. And of course, uh, like yourself, Colleen, as a coach, I I respect you so much because, you know, the art of just unveiling the potentiality of an individual, I don't think it's something we should look um, look at it lightly. Yeah. So, so for you and all the other coaches out there who are in the process of teaching us to be better people, I think that's a calling above all callings indeed. Thank you very much for the compliment. I'm sure a whole bunch of people will say, no, 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 you've got it. But you know what happens? It's about us not trying to squish each other into, um, no, this is your calling, that's your calling, or mine's more important than yours. Mm. We need to fit in where we fit. Circles mm. must fit into circles. Yes. Mm. And not try and squish the, the square into the circle space. Yeah. Because the world so, is big enough for all of us, Colleen. Oh, totally. The world is big enough yeah. for all of us. And, and, um, and it's sad when you see people struggling to understand and, and, and embrace that. Yeah. Again, it comes back to, you know, your self-awareness. If you are aware in who you are as a person and what you think God has called you to this world to become, then you become comfortable in, in impacting that uh, little knowledge and the little wisdom that you gain as you move. Yeah. I have this uh, quote that I love very much that, you know, uh, we grow as we learn, we learn as we grow. Yeah. But it's also important before we go for our break, it's also important for people and not just young people to see role models, to see representative of themselves, of to look at you and say, Nomsa, oh, I see me, you know, Mm -hmm. I see like I can also go and be a Nomsa, you know, 
in the military, in, you know, people listening to us right now are going to go, hang on, let me go look at that career. Because, mm. gee, we've moved on from our let's check the, the, the guidance book on the last or the life orientation book on the last day of matric exams. Mm. Mm. Um, of seeing, okay, what are the options? What are the different things? And, you know, like you obviously have mentioned so many things. But after the break, let's look also about saying, yes, you've had separate careers that have sort of like mingled together, but also saying, okay, let's explore the creativity now. But it's going forward. How do we make it and and not all? I can be this or I can be that or I can be the next thing. How can I be this and this and this and be creative? Yeah, but let's go for our break. Give a little, help a lot. Make getting back to school easier for families by paying towards their PEP lay-by. Give as little as 2 Rand in-store or 20 Rand online. Make a difference. Become a lay-by buddy today. Perhaps it's because we're a family or that we've been making whiskey together for over five generations. That it grants, we believe, friends aren't the people you do things with, they're the people you share things with. Discover a different angle. Grants Whiskey. Vuga, it's time to wake up with Vuga Online. With Colin Quist. My guest today is Colonel Dr. Nomsa Matonzi. And we've been exploring not only her different careers, but also Nomsa as a person. Yeah, and so we've been looking also at, you know, the, the dentistry, the forensic dentistry, because you were fascinated with it. Um, also looking to see at the military and how the military now supports women or, or females um, from the point of view of transformation. Also, what I appreciated about you is the understanding that it's always been a specific way. And now suddenly we rock up in the door and go, hang on, hang on, I'm shorter than the, than men or I'm whatever. And it's like realizing as well that it hasn't been that way on purpose. It's been that way because that's the way it was. And now slowly we have to influence to say, oh, by the way, could we change this? Can we change this? And, you know, and it's also I'm seeing as well, Nomsa, in that you have influence from inside. But you've also had big sponsors. You've had people who believe in you, who support you, who've got your back. And in turn, also, you've said that you are alive with the possibility and the potential in people and just being able to nurture that to life, to like to look after the little flame in people and turn it into a big roaring furnace. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what I was saying before the break is, is that Often we feel, and I think it's probably the older the older way of thinking, in that there has to be a, a this or a this or a that, as opposed to how do I get mm. to be creative and be a doctor and be a colonel? And how do I get to care and love and, and nurture people, but still have, you know, the all big tough military, or we don't, you know, military, the perception is you don't do tears. You don't do, let me give you a hug. It's no, we're tough here. We're military people. And I think, you know, medical also tends to not do the tears and the, they we tend to be the tough. So how are you putting them all together? You know, Colin, um, the one thing I learned, especially with females, 
the one area we cleanse ourselves the best with is tears. You cannot be a pressure cooker that has a valve that is closed because at some point it will burst. So then you have to look at yourself as a pressure cooker every now and again, life will knock you down. You'll have to rise. But for me, what I actually use or what I, not intentionally so, but what, what has always been a cleansing agent for me are my tears, you know, and, and that makes me human because we grow up in spaces where you know the patriarchal system tells you that you are tough uh, and you think you are powerful so you have to conform to that invisible box that they box you in but then it's time i think there is no better time like now where we see powerful females climbing ever so rapidly into senior positions voicing out what they feel will work for them more than it will work for men. So I think it's, our, it's about time that we realize that indeed we are multifaceted. I mean, even if, you, if you're sitting at home, I am sure you're not holding just one role. You are a mother, you are a female, you, because a female has its own struggles. So you are a female, you are a mother, you are a, a profession of some sort, be it a dentist, a teacher, a nurse, um, over and above that, you go to church, you become some form of a, a, a pillar to the people at church. So you are never, you know, you are never a one-dimensional human being. It, it sounds quite um, uh, confident boosting when I'm sitting here and saying I'm a dentist, I'm a soldier, I'm, a, uh, I'm an author. But each of us in our small spaces, we play more than one role. There is, especially females, there is no female who will say, I am just this. If you think like that, then you are boxing yourself. You are indeed boxing yourself. We are more than what we can assume we are. Just by being born, just by taking a breath, you are destined to be something bigger than just this one-dimensional person. So if we start exploring and maybe reading more books, maybe having a coach in our lives, maybe associating with people who have been blessed to start understanding what awareness is, soul awareness is, then you realize that, you know, there is so much we can be. We were never meant to be one dimensional ever. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner our creative self comes to the fore. What I tend to also do, Colin, maybe just to add on, I, I conduct events where I invite those um, high-powered females to have a safe space and to teach them the art of therapy or rather art therapy. So, yes. you know, you find therapy in just the art. I am self-taught. I'm a self-taught artist and I would never declare that I'm great. But I've learned that through art, to, through that creative space, you can find your inner self that you cannot find anywhere else because it forces you to introspect. It forces you to create. And as you create, you realize, hey, you know, the artwork has flaws, but the person that I'm showing the artwork to actually admires it. So that teaches you that you cannot sweat the small stuff. All of us are imperfect, but 
in a perfect way. Yeah. So once we start judging ourselves less, we start expanding and becoming, you know, bigger than what we assume we were meant to be. So that is where the full potential starts coming to the fore because you want to explore, you want to see how far you can stretch this thing that is called life. Where can you go? Which direction can you take? And indeed, you realize that uh -uh, indeed we are not a one-dimensional or even two-dimensional beings. We are more than that. But it's also fascinating there what you're saying, like men have been in boxes of being tough and and emotion-free. And then women have been trying to fit into that box. But I think what we're Mm. also doing as well is, is that we are also saying, no, we don't have to be tough and emotionless. But also we are liberating men from the box of saying, no, you don't have to be tough and hang on this men don't cry story. It's a case of, no, we need to embrace, we need to be self-aware, but also to regulate the emotion as opposed to suppress the emotion. I fully fully concur. I concur, Colleen. Um, You know, a bird has two wings. The one wing is male. The other wing is female. So we cannot want to be a, a diluted version of a male. We are female and there's a reason why we are female. Yeah. So as much as we are soft, as much as, you know, we bring that nurturing spirit, going into areas where we think are male dominated, we should not lose that. Yeah. We should not lose that because that is what makes us uniquely unique. Yeah, and then also bringing in the creativity of saying, you know, with with you working with high-powered um, people, of saying that when we look after our mental health, when we take time to actually say, okay, what is it? Because when you look at mental health being a continuum of we either, you know, we move one way or we move the other. And certainly being able to escape into art Um, being able to bring in your creativity point of view and not only being artistic. You don't have to be artistic to be creative. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's just, it liberates us. And also in that liberating saying is is where you've said, don't be the pressure cooker with the blocked valve. You need, Mm -hmm. and also don't let it build up to the extent that it now explodes. Rather release constantly each day so that you don't vomit over everyone. Mm. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Yeah. And hurt people, hurt but people. But also, you know, a, what I've also picked up in these events is that amazingly so, people, females that sit in high powered, highly charged positions are the ones in need of venting. Mm. They are not given the space to vent in their workspaces. So why not create a safe space where people of the same caliber can actually see themselves in the next person and be comfortable enough to say, you know what? I closed my door behind me in my office and I cried. And someone will not be, you know, shocked at that. Because when you do that in front of your subordinates, again, it creates this perception of, you know, female being a weaker sex without realizing that in actual fact, that is who we are. Yeah. If you feel like you want to cry, do that, but do it in a safe space where you can, you know, form a mentoring, uh, mentor to mentor relationship with yeah. people of the same um, 
level as yourself and also doing that you also pull others to learn from you and i think it's like a ripple effect you know you throw this small stone and hope that it forms this ripple that you know over time in the next 10 years in the next 20 years we'll also hopefully look back and say hey when we wanted to start this thing of liberating females we didn't think it will happen but it has yeah. that is one day when we have a female president sitting in the in the you know in the president's uh, chair we'll look back and say it was work in progress that culminated into this particular thing yes okay and then also you know for people listening to you as we close it's also about saying you know what can we do what can and it's saying as well to people that make a difference create the safe space for people to be able to share their lived experience Mm -hmm. and also to understand that people have got different lived experience and it's also about that because different is not wrong yes different is just different and Mm -hmm. we can learn so much when we embrace different but not to replace your different with my different or the other way around. But how do we then cohabitate? What can we do cohesively together, given that we are different? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then also, Colleen, I think, you know, the one area that is not sitting comfortably with me, and I hope, you know, I hope somewhere someone has started something or will start something. I think the way we are so in tune in growing the female form, you know, we form sisterhood. We, you know, we have podcasts like yours where we expose people to, you know, the different, um, uh, different, different, which we're talking about where we we have lived uh, experiences that are different, but try and find commonality between us. I think that is also necessary for for males i think we are moving so far ahead in wanting to understand who we are as females Mm. at a risk of leaving the other part of us as a society leaving them behind so i'm hoping you know even as we you know bring our voices and you know push our voices and our ideas ahead as females i'm hoping somewhere the same thing is also happening to our male counterparts because they do they do need to feel less emasculated and yeah. more our equals. You know? Yeah, you spot on then, Omsa, and it's so important that as we move away from the all male or the all white or the all whatever it is, that we don't do the pendulum where we swing totally in the opposite direction. Because just as much as all mm. black is not better than all white was, um, all women or all female is mm. no better than all male. And also taking into account their gender and, um, you know, that it's a continuum. And there's mm. also like seeing, okay, where do you fit? Which part? But not just saying, okay, now we're all on this side now, we're all mm. on that side. And as both, you know, both of us know from going to mm. um, healthcare summits, from going to women functions, one of the days when it's just like only women and no, you can't come in the door. And it's the same as like I was mm. in a venue the other day where they were having a, a, a men's get together. Okay. And it was also, there were women involved. So we, mm. you know, we, we starting to meet in the middle, no more mm. pendulum of all mm. this or all that. Mm. Yeah. 
No, okay, yeah. so thank you, thank you so much for coming to share just briefly with us. What message do you have for people out there as we end the year? What's your message? Colin, uh, the message will lie in this poem, if I can be given uh, an opportunity to, to read this poem. Yes. Because I think it summarizes everything that we've been speaking about. The, the title is Education. Let it be an enlightening experience rather than an enslavement of self. Let it broaden rather than limit the mind. Let it be the beginning of exploration rather than the culmination of ignorance. Let it be fluid and dynamic rather than concrete and stagnant. Let it allow for growth and expansion rather than shrinkage and hindrance. Let it not discredit how we understand nature to be. Let it not take away our values, our norms, and our beliefs, but edify our understanding of who we once were. Educate to grow and enhance in order to create a better world and a better future, not only for us, but for our children and our children's children. So I think it summarizes um, everything that we've been speaking about today. Yes. Thank you. Very beautiful. And then did you write that? Yes, I did. Okay. Because we do need to yeah, see you saying. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't get an irate message for someone to say, you read my poem and you didn't say that it was me. Yes. No, so, it definitely was me. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Mm. All right. So another fascinating guest, another awesome, beautiful person who's come to share themselves with us. And so thank you very much um, from your three different aspects, the author, the healthcare professional, and of course, the military or the soldier, as you call it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us. You have been listening thank to Thank you healthcare so much, now. Colin, for having me. Yes. And yes, thank you for joining us, Nomsa. Thank you for having me, Pauline. Thank you so much. It was so, yeah, a very fruitful conversation that we've just had. Okay. And one last thing, God calls, uh, the, doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Yes. So you jump in there and, you know, the world will open up for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Jump off the cliff, you'll get the wings. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, so thank you for joining me. Thank you for your interaction with us. Remember that you are loved, you matter, and you're not alone. And you have been listening to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. The next best thing to a Lexington is another Lexington. Now, if you like your smoke with flavor, friend, with an honest-to-goodness tobacco blend, the greatest combination yet is you and a Lexington cigarette. Lexington, that's the one. For after-action satisfaction, you just can't beat a Lexington. The best-tasting American blend cigarette. Lexington, that's the one. More music, more inspiration. Fuga, online. So we've reached the last show of Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist for this year. And I would like to wish you and your loved ones a very special beautiful time and um, would like you to relax and to fill up 
and I'll see you in the new year. You're listening to Vuga Online. Vuga 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 Fondi Nusambi Vuga Vuga Fondi Nusambi how do you know the life or personal coach you are about to work with is who they say they are? How do you know if they can do the job? At the Africa Board for Coaching, Consulting and Coaching Psychology, we can tell you. So, before you share your secrets and spend your money, check with us first. Visit www.abccp.com or call us on 012-751-7608. The ABCCP. The professional body for coaches. Your inspiration radio, Fuga Online.